1: The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The Renault Captur comes with a five-star safety rating and is an ideal compact SUV with lots of space for the family. Pick up your 192 Captur at Blackstone Motors this August. See blackstonemotors.ie
2: You're very welcome to Tuesday Afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. How would you like €200 cash this afternoon? I have 200 euro cold hard cash to give you because you see this week on late lunch we've teamed up with Coors Light who want to reward life's big and small victories through their new awards called the Rockies you and you are and you have been and you will share your best victories with us and we are giving you the opportunity to win cold hard cash, 200 euro this day and each day this week, and lots of Coors-like goodies as well and you'll be going along to a fantastic night of music, comedy and prizes at our exclusive Rocky's Victory Party at the Rum House beautiful in Ridley's Dundalk on the 29th of August, that's Thursday week it's a night not to be missed I can tell you so have you a story for us? Have you something to tell us? A victory, a win, big or small, in your life that you remember? That's what we want from you. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp us now. Text us. Call in on 1850-715-958. Or drop your story. Or even if you leave a name and number, we'll contact you on our social media platforms. Louise, I was thinking about a, another win in my life uh, as an example of what loads we're
3: looking of f- for. It's hard to remember. Well, well
2: listen, I, I remember this. When we were in London and... We had seen... You know how I love Le Miserable. Yeah. I've seen it a number of times now. But at that stage, we'd only seen it once years ago. Colin Wilkinson in Dublin. And we went to the theatre in Theatreland on the West End in London to see could we get tickets. I think we were over three nights. Into the Queen's. I think it was the Queen's Theatre. It's still at. um, In we went. Looked for tickets. About middle of the day, nothing. Absolutely nothing for that night. Nothing. Next night, following night, no tickets for any of the nights we were there. And I... I was actually crestfallen and I, I, I said to the lady are you sure look around again she says look at this thing is sold out most nights and she said look we, we may but it's rare we get an odd return or two but you have to come to the theatre this evening come early and there'll be a queue looking for them and there might be one or two but there's not a lot she says to be honest with you and we turned away, and as we were turned away, another gentleman came to the hatch, but we went outside the front door, and we were thinking, where will we go? You know, there's plenty of shows on in other theatres. Will we pick something else? Because we'd love to go to, to theatre when we're there. And um, we were about to step off after, would we go left, right, wherever, and the next thing, the man went out the door, but after him, the lady came flying out and said, excuse me, excuse me, and she says, that gentleman, you won't believe it, is after leaving back two tickets for tonight, no way. <laughs> well, I, I wanted jammy. to. Gra- she didn't know me. I wanted to grab her and hug her, and so in we went and paid for the tickets and got the tickets and we saw the show that evening. We felt a million dollars, so that was a big win. You know, that was great. That was, that was like great for us.
3: A minute or two earlier or later, uh, we were gone.
2: Look at fate, fortune, you name it. What about you? Anything on your mind? Can you think? You've had loads as well. What are you uh, talking about? Me?
3: Yeah, I've, I've well, I the only one I can remember. Is the- about 15 years ago I suppose and you know the way I'm always late Jerry. yes I'm always late actually when I die it'll be on my headstone you are always I should late have been but died you get there ago.
2: let me tell listeners she always gets there go on tell us what anyway, happened to you
3: I was going over to see my boyfriend in Scotland ok and I got up really early and I got the first bus to Dublin and I got the connection bus over and I was doing really really well I was three hours early in the airport and I was hanging around for the gates to open and that to check in and delighted with myself and I went up and I was the first one there to check in I handed, she goes passport please, yep yeah. and I handed her my passport and looked at her and she kind of looked at me puzzled <laughs> and she handed it back and I looked down and it was my credit union book <laughs> I was devastated I was absolutely devastated and her face fell and she said is there any way you can get a passport up to us like, and I, I rang a taxi in Navajo it was going to cost me a fortune and they couldn't guarantee it was either going to, you know, get mm. it up in time. So I was like yourself, as you said earlier, crestfallen and I was just there going, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I think they must have saw the bank balance on the credit union book and took pity on me because one of the managers just tipped me on the shoulder. And she said, look, don't worry about it. We'll let you on the plane. <laughs>
4: oh, so I
3: got to Scotland
2: without a passport. On your credit union yeah, book.
3: On credit union book in Melbourne, <laughs> St Mary's. Has
2: anyone ever done that in the past? Was that because there was loads of money in it and they said, well, she's good?
3: No, I think it was because there was... <laughs> none in it so and they little. felt sorry for
2: me <laughs> Louise Walsh we're telling you today flew to the UK <laughs> on our credit union book never knock it we know the credit union is a marvellous organisation but imagine it can get you out of the country instead of a passport
3: got a bit of stick on the way back but am like, sure you know they let me on I didn't let myself oh, on
2: there you are but it was great. fair play to them that, that was, was a big delighted. win for you Massive. and that you know saved the day as well you see what we're looking for I have 200 euro cash to give away today to one of you have you a story to tell me. We're looking for a bit of crack, a bit of fun, save the day moments. Tell us your stories. Come on. We want to hear from you on late lunch this afternoon. 086 1800 658 WhatsApp us now with the story, even the synopsis of it. Text us now. Ring in 1850 715 It's sitting here on the table. The cash, well, is not exactly sitting on the table but it will be in your <laughs> pocket and you will we'll have a long course long life. Goodie bag as well. You may even get a visit from us and you'll be going along to this big night in the rum house in Ridley's on the 29th of August. It's the exclusive Rockies Victory Party. So come on a big win, a little win in your life. Something like what t- myself and Louise are talking about this afternoon. Even if, or or even if they, met,
3: they blagged themselves into a VIP area and yeah. met stars or anything like that.
2: Anything like that. But the crazier the better to be in or at a chance to win. And remember, it's over 18s only. Enjoy Coors Light responsibly and check out all about alcohol and drinkaware.ie. We leave it with you. We're coming back to it later on in the show. I promise you. Today is a special day for me. <laughs> now I had a special one recently with the 40 years, but it's a very special one. Will I tell you why? I have a new granddaughter. Yes, my Aww. son Jared and his lovely wife Shauna have a little girl. She was born last evening. Her name is Pippa.
3: I love that name,
2: Pippa Kelly. Welcome to the world. And last evening, Louise, Michelle, and Miriam flew over, and we were introduced to her. Oh, my! Oh, my!
3: And just a real moment that in time. That
2: moment, that moment in time, you just never forget it. It's so emotional, yeah. and it brings back so many memories and thoughts. of I was thinking of my own mother and father, and when my children were born, and what it meant to them, and.
3: Is it special, Jerry, to see like your own son having a child or oh my own oh my. child having a child? It is. It's uh, I there. think I
2: said to you before that this is my second grandchild. Of course, I have Ava, everybody knows, and I love her to bits. And now I have Pippa, and I love her to bits as well. It's just different to children. I have to say that. I don't know what it is. I never thought it would be like this. I never believed it would be an experience like this but it's simply wonderful and when I saw her little Aww. face and her black hair and her hands and she's there and she's looking round you know probably can't see at this stage of course the, the sight comes gradually over, over over the days and weeks ahead but thank God all went well in the end and congratulations to Sean again Each and Jared and we're just absolutely thrilled for them. We're absolutely thrilled it's, it really is, is lovely and uh, happy you know, head on you this morning Oh my in. God I <laughs> was just uh, you just have a pep in your step. You all went well and Pippa all is well. And thank God it, it went that way. But little Pippa Kelly, this is our first day, born yesterday evening, our first day in this world. And all I can say for her and for Jared and Sean, health and happiness for the future. And if you have that in your life, what else do you want? You have everything, absolutely everything. Pippa, we love you. Jared and Sean, we're delighted for you. We love you too. And here it is for little Pippa. Come on, let's hear it. Yes, Mr Stevie Wonder, and isn't she lovely, especially for a Pippa Kelly. She's not even one day old. She will be uh, later on this evening, my new granddaughter. And again, congratulations to Sean and Jared who had their first anniversary on Saturday. New baby on Monday. Well done uh, to them. Uh, now, I just want to mention something very special that's coming up. There is a coffee day in aid of the Asthma Society of Ireland. In memory of Connor Callaghan, in the home of Sarah Stokes, Rehesker Dramindun Lear, and it's happening the 21st of August. That is tomorrow, Wednesday, the 21st of August, and everybody is welcome to Sarah's house. And it's one really, really worthy of support. And Sarah was with us on the 9th of August on my 40th anniversary working show. She spoke to us on that day. And I'm only too happy to mention that at the home of Sarah Stokes, at Hesker, Dromind and Lear, tomorrow, Wednesday, the 21st of August. And everybody is welcome to Sarah's house. Coffee day in aid of the Asthma Society of Ireland in memory of Connor. Callahan and everybody, welcome there. We'll head to our first break on Late Lunch this Tuesday afternoon. And if you're flying over the next few days, if you intend travelling and you have booked tickets with Ryanair, our travel and holiday specialist on Late Lunch, Sandra Finnegan, is with us next. We could be in for a real season of discontent in the skies. Ryanair have gone to court to seek an injunction against the pilots who are planning a 48-hour stoppage imminently. Sandra Finnegan from Globe Travel, you know her well, she's with us regularly on Late Lunch, is on the line. Afternoon, Sandra.
5: Hi, Jerry. How are
2: you? I'm good. Thanks for taking our call today. Just the latest I've seen is that um, the judge says he may have a decision this afternoon or at the latest in the morning. Uh, just to clarify this, because there's a little bit of confusion, there, it's a 48-hour strike from midnight Thursday, Sandra, is it? At midnight
5: Wednesday
2: night, Jerry. Wednesday night. Uh, midnight Wednesday. Wednesday.
5: From Thursday mar- morning starting at zero zero one. Right through until Friday midnight.
2: Okay, so that's clarification because I see some media outlets reporting Thursday midnight, but that's wrong. You can say for certain it's yes, Wednesday, all
5: day
4: Thursday,
2: okay, and all day Friday. All right. So now, Sandra, here's the situation: If I'm booked on a Ryanair flight for either of those days, now I know already some people have made alternative arrangements. Some are going earlier. Some have postponed. Just in that scenario, will you change? You have to pay. There's no compensation. Yeah,
5: at this stage, Sherry, like Ryanair, it's business as usual. The They've actually even announced a, a 25% off sale at the moment. So they're, you know, ploughing along. Uh, anybody that wants to change will have to pay the change fee and a fair difference.
2: Okay. And that can
5: be quite hefty.
2: Right. So so that has to be paid. If you change, you pay that yourself. Now, here's the other thing. If I'm on flights for those two days and I do nothing, what happens?
5: Uh, if you do nothing and the flights are cancelled, mm. you will get a refund. But okay. If the flights are not cancelled... Mm. and you decide not to travel, well, then there's no refund. And then the implications are a lot of people like like to become travel agents themselves and book flights and book hotels. Mm. If it's not done as a package, Jerry, and say their flight is cancelled, if they're in a hotel accommodation that they can't, you know, that they've prepaid or it's non-refundable, they're at the loss of that as well. If it's booked as a package, well, then it's completely included and it's covered.
2: Okay, that's an interesting point to make. But are you saying to people, if you are booked and you've made no change, you need, you need to go to the airport whether or no this dispute happens?
5: No, what you need to do at the moment, Jerry, is uh, let's see what the judge announces this afternoon or tomorrow morning. Right. You go onto the Ryanair website and it's called Latest Travel Update. You click on that, you put your flight number in and your date of departure and that gives you the status of your flight.
2: Okay, so in the scenario that this uh, dispute goes ahead, that is the thing to do, and if you get the information there that it's cancelled, well, you know what to do. Yeah. Don't go there.
5: Then you go and you click on, and it gives you an option to change the booking uh, or to get a refund. If they change the booking, they will allow you to change the booking free of charge.
2: Okay. Now, th- if this goes ahead, this is only the start of a series, is it, of two-day stoppages? Of it for
5: this week. All right. And uh, next week, the following week, starting the 2nd of September... So it's a three-day strike. So it's the 2nd, 3rd and 4th of September is the following dispute days. So it's three days out of that week.
2: So we're heading to potential chaos. With cancellation of flights and all that goes with that, uh, de- big delays, knock-on delays That's across delays, Europe.
5: A lot of people stranded. You know, people due to come back from holidays. You know yourself, Gerry, at the end of a two-week holiday, funds are getting low. So you know the facility to extend your hotel accommodation, continue paying meals, or having to change the flights.
2: What do you say to somebody that that may find themselves in that scenario beyond this, even in the next couple of days? If there's no, we we don't know at the minute, but we're taking that it is going ahead at the moment. What do you say? What do you do if you're out there and you find yourself in that situation? Okay.
5: Well, if you've booked through a travel agent, your travel agent will work with you uh, or a tour operator, and they will assist you. Uh, in either extending the accommodation or helping you try and find maybe lower-cost lower, lower cost accommodation or trying to repatriate you in a different way. Like, I've actually a situation myself where I'm due to go on holidays this weekend and I have a Ryanair flight, I just didn't want to take the chance on it. And I went ahead and I booked an Lingus flight. Now, I'm not going to get a refund. I booked it because I got a good, cheap flight. Um, if I decide not to use the Ryanair flight... I'm not going to get a refund on it if that flight goes ahead. But I have the option because the route that I'm travelling on, i travel on it a few times. I can change the date on it for €30. Euro. So I'm just sort of playing a little bit of poker on this one.
2: OK, yeah, and I feel a lot of, a lot of people are. Um, so out there, you're OK if you're, if you're on your tod out there. You know what I mean? If you've done this solo and that, you just have to paddle your own canoe. And I
5: wish anybody luck trying to get through to the Ryanair number. It is awful. It is just awful. The web chat is probably your best option in trying to do that. But, like, if they cancel the flights, all they're really offering you is a refund Mm. or to make a change. And you really need to be on the button. So if your flight is in the next 48 hours, you need just to keep your ear to the news, see what's happening... Go on to the latest travel updates on Ryanair and keep checking.
2: Isn't this a mess for people? Because you'd know, well, there are late holidays before the schools go back, even maybe a, a few days. A lot
5: of days. locals who are flat out, who are looking to try and get away in the next few days, mm. and people who have booked last-minute holidays. So, yeah, the, you know, it, it, it is a mess. And it's not only the outbound. There's people due home from holidays. A lot of people who have gone off for the summer maybe for four or six weeks, who've gone off with their children and all the rest and now they could be stranded on the return and trying to get kids back into
4: school as well
2: mm. we, uh, I suppose from uh, a traveller's point of view in the next few days and those want to get back the uh, well, well, let's see what the outcome of the court is. We leave that to the court to decide that. That's not for us to decide. We're just here today to try and give uh, best as, uh, advice uh, possible. Just you-
5: the situation. Yeah, that's okay. it. Checking the website.
2: Right. Before you go, another thing that's just uh, broken since we talked last. Norwegian air scrapping its transatlantic routes between Ireland and North America. Discontinued from the 15th of September. Uh, i I take it you have people caught up in this as well
5: yeah i've had a lot of people who have flights or weekend breaks booked to new york uh their money is safe they will get a refund Uh, and a lot of it was to do with the boeing problem with the 737 max that norwegian airlines you know that had grounded on them and they just don't have the planes to function the route at the moment Uh, can i see it coming back probably not
2: And is it a loss, per se? I know the numbers they've carried, they wouldn't be setting the world alight with them either, but uh, capacity-wise and that, there's still plenty there. It's sad to see uh, uh, them leaving the market.
5: Yeah, they certainly kept a lot of competition with the other carriers out there, but we, we have a lot of aircraft flying the route. We've Delta, United, American, Erlingus. Um, and then a lot of Canadian carriers in there. So it's a transatlantic, it, you know, the skies are very busy. Mm.
2: And just before you go, on the Boeing 737 MAX, that will impact as well on Ryanair, who who have a substantial order in for them. And it's gone very quiet. There's not a lot of talk. It doesn't seem that this plane will be back in the air soon.
5: No, I even see the likes of two E-tour operators as well who had those aircraft on order. And there would be a lot of routes cancelled for next year in light of that.
2: So there is certainly going to be a knock-on impact because of this Boeing 737 MAX situation. Sandra, thank you so much. A great advice. Mary. Thank you for joining me All on the show take today. Care. Take oh, care now. Oh, Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Sandra Finnegan there from Glove. Globe, travel with sound advice. There are a lot of people, I, I know of people caught up in this as well and, and wondering what to do, what you should or you shouldn't do, should you move at this stage, hedge your bets but you heard what Sandra said there, onto the website, latest travel information and follow it through uh, from there. You'd be disappointed, Louise, wouldn't you? We were talking about last minute people, you know people are just grabbing the last few days and you know, booked round this time to get out for a week and maybe back or a little bit into the school term. It's a mess, isn't it?
3: Oh, and can you imagine if they have kids and they're hanging around have to hang around hours around the airport don't know if they're going out it's and and some families like have scraped together this money to, yes. to book away. You have to think of them as well, you know. Mm,
2: but uh, it's you desperate. Know, it's desperate. It really is. Well, we watch this space with, with interest to see what will happen. Now, I just want to mention something. Going back to yesterday, we were talking, Louise, yesterday about uh, with uh, Siobhan O'Neill-White about school costs. And, of course, you. I'm sure you could write your own book mm-hmm. on, on this yourself. But um, Kate phoned in. I just didn't get to this one yesterday uh, to comment. Um, and she says, all parents would be well advised to get involved with the parents associations at the school's AGMs and state what you want and don't want with the uniforms and the crest etc you need to be a member of that group and then make your views known and there's no point she said in blaming the government or everyone else use your own voice and get your message across
3: very good point. That bring, is, it <laughs> bring it back to you.
2: Bring it back. to And a lot of things in life comes back to ourselves. Mm-hmm. We, They should have. You should have. No, I should have. And that's a very good point there to get involved in those uh, groups, in the schools when they. And, you know, it's the same. And PTA
3: are always looking for people. Always looking for people. I
2: was, members, I was a member of it for years myself. And, you know, you'd get the same crew of people coming in. But if people have issues, you know what I mean, yeah. that is the way To get it across, it's not cheap. And we heard that again yesterday. It really isn't. And the policy is fragmented all over the place. Would you like to see a single national policy where all the schools adopt the same approach? Yes,
3: because there are just serious differences between different schools and costs, even uniform and that kind of thing. But the only thing is with uniform, Jerry, you think, oh my God, the cost of uniform. And okay, some of them are very expensive, but generally they're okay. And that child is going to wear that. Mm-hmm. jumper for the next year or yes. for school so you're getting all that way or Whereas you're not going out and buying yes. Adidas tops yes. and everything else. Yes, for there's, them. A, there's
2: a real positive in mm. that. There's, there certainly is a real positive in having the uniform. But, you know, being sent to a place to buy it at a price, oh, to that's having desperate. it, you know yeah. what I mean? and it's, You know, we need a national policy, and mm. this is beyond talking about this. This raises its head every year. It's an old chestnut. It's time to grab it and sort it out. Just one more thing to mention before we uh, head towards uh, news and weather at 2 o'clock. Reminding you, the LMET. Is we uh, were in with us on late lunch uh, a week back talking about all the alternatives to college that are available and there are lots of them. And I just want to mention again that they're open days. They mentioned them when they were with us here but LMETB, the Loudmead Education and Training Board, the brilliant people, ha- are at the Imperial Hotel in Dundalk tomorrow Wednesday from 10 to 1, that's in the morning. Get in there, talk to them. If, if you're exploring options, if you're not going to college, if you're looking at an apprenticeship, if you're an adult who wants to get back into education or change careers, they're also at the D Hotel in Scotch Hall, Drogheda. That's on Thursday. So, Wednesday, Dock in the Imperial 10 to 1. Thursday, D Hotel Drogheda from 10 to 1. And they're also in Navin on Thursday at the New Grange Hotel in Navin on Bridge Street from 10 to 1 so that's all happening this week very important dates there if you're looking at options and alternatives in adult education or after college let's head in towards two o'clock yes he would be 70 years old today who am i talking about one of my heroes in the world of music Philip Linnett. Yes, Phil Linnett. We remember him today. It would have been his 70th birthday. He was taken and he went all too young. But he left such a legacy with Thin Lizzy and personally. And so there's only one song for me to play today for my own little girl. (laughs) Yes, it's Philip Linnett and Sarah. Jackie Henry he's been in touch this afternoon Jackie good to hear from you and thanks for the congratulations on the new granddaughter and he just texts us to say that he's part of a group who are anxiously waiting the outcome Today in the courts because they're flying are due to fly out Thursday for a wedding on Friday in Italy with Ryanair. Oh my God, Jackie, you certainly are on tenterhooks today. Wish you the best with that and thanks again for for the lovely wishes. Now, my next guest on the show this afternoon is an empowerment coach who contacted us recently to ask if we'd ever come across imposter syndrome. Politics says I to myself when I thought about this. Yes, it's littered with them. No, seriously, Eva O'Brien is going to tell us uh, anyone can feel like an imposter in whatever we do in our lives, but especially when it comes to the world of work. Eva, you're welcome to the show.
6: Thanks so much, Jerry. Thank you for joining
2: me today. So, imposter syndrome. Tell listeners, what is it? Can you sum it up?
6: It's really it's that feeling of self-doubt that you don't really belong where you are at the moment, that someone's going to tap you on the shoulder and say, thanks very much. But now let's leave it to the experts. You feel like you're a fraud and you're going to be found out. And have
2: you felt like this in your life? Because I want to tell listeners, you have been most successful in your career in Ireland, in the UK, in Australia and back to Ireland again. Yes. Have you felt this?
6: I have, yeah, yeah. Why?
2: Yeah. Oh, do, 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 you, do you analyse where this came from?
6: Um, I think it's it's it, it deep-rooted self-belief. I think I just doubted myself and as I progressed in my career, I kind of was like, oh, I don't know if I belong here. I don't know if I'm good enough to do what I'm doing. And then setting up my own business, kind of crept in and again I was like oh there's all these other coaches out there who am I to say that you know I'm going to get found out they're going to know I'm not good enough as a coach and you know things like that it just it it crops up on you like that.
2: And has it cropped up with you from time to time in your life as you've been in these different jobs and different places has it always come up?
6: Um, I won't say it's always come up no but it's Maybe it's times when I've felt a little bit out of my comfort zone. Oh, well, you're
2: making a change, perhaps?
6: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Or kind of taking a leap that I, even despite wanting it, despite asking for it, when you get there, you're like, oh, I don't know now. They're going to find out that I, you know, they've picked the wrong person or something like that. What
2: is it rooted in? Do you think it may go back? Are we born with something like this, a predisposition to it?
6: I don't know. It could be something that stems in childhood. So whether it's from coming from your parents or from um, some of your peers when you're a child, if you got bullied, things like that, that it really knocks your self-confidence and then it comes back up. So it really boils down to your own self-belief about yourself.
2: And you start the question then, you say, this little voice within, yeah. that's what, you know, we all have this voice, sure, it's yeah. there talking to me at the minute, <laughs> you at the minute, I, even when we're on our own sitting silently. It's that little voice, is it, yeah. that starts to yeah. prompt this.
6: Exactly. So you have this little voice in your head, you know, going constantly, you have it, I have it. But it's those stories that you tell yourself. And if you tell them over and over and over again, it gets embedded and you, you start to believe what it's saying. And that's really where it stems from. It's your own belief about yourself.
2: How would you say percentage-wise in your experience, and you're working extensively now with businesses and people who work in businesses, if you were to say a percentage of the working population, roughly, how many would you say suffer from Does, this?
6: The statistics say 70% of people at some stage in their career will suffer from imposter Seven Syndrome. in ten? Seven in ten.
2: At some stage yeah. when, when we're working?
6: yeah. Yeah, that's very high, it's, isn't it? It is very high. Yes, yeah, and it affects women and men as well.
2: So both. There's both. no. It, there's no yeah. uh, one sex predisposed more predisposed than than the other to it. Um, do successful people feel this or experience it?
6: Do you know what? I think sometimes the more successful you become, the more likely you are to experience this because the more you know that you don't know and you think. I have such a long, you know, I've come a long way, but you probably don't even think you've come a long way. You think I have a long way to still go before I am successful, however you define success. And so you start thinking when I become successful, that's when I'm going to not feel like this anymore. That's when I'm going to not feel like an imposter. And that's actually not true. You need to work on yourself today. So if you're feeling like an imposter today, you need to address that now, because when you become quote unquote successful, that's that feeling is not going to go away. So
2: how do you deal with this if these this little voice starts talking to you and these doubts creep in? Have you uh, a way of, of, of attacking this?
6: So I use the ABC approach. Um, first of all, you need to acknowledge. Acknowledge it for what it is. This is a voice. This is a voice in your head. This is you telling yourself stories. And that is not It's not you. It's not who you are. So first of all, acknowledge it for what it is. And then B is for believe. So believe in yourself. And if you need help believing in yourself, asking for feedback from trusted friends, from from your boss, you don't have to say, I feel like an imposter, but you can kind of just look for some constructive feedback on how you're doing and how you can improve and learn and grow. And then C is call to action. So take some steps forward. So sometimes when we're feeling like an imposter, we might procrastinate or we might strive for perfection or something like that. And you're putting off you're putting you're putting off putting yourself out there and being exposed and being judged. And really it's about taking that next step of action. And once you take action, then you can learn from that. So I, there's no such thing as failure in my book. It's always degrees of success and learning from what you do.
2: This would come back to something I remember my mother saying to me many years ago. Um, and she always said, you know, try and not knock, instill confidence. You know, don't the world will knock. She was talking about my children or that, you know, yeah. th- try and. And yet other people would say, look, they have to, you know, experience you know, they'll experience the knocks in life, but at times you do have to intervene as a parent. You you know what I'm talking about? Is it wrong to knock?
6: Um, I'm not sure. I think, I mean, you want to instill confidence, but like you said, you also need, people need to feel those, those kind of, setbacks themselves because that's really how you grow I'm listening to a great audiobook at the moment and they're really talking about setbacks are what really stretches you as a person so from our setbacks from our challenges in life that's how we learn and that's how we grow that's how we develop
2: yeah, nobody's ever had a plane sailing through this human experience, have they?
6: Exactly. Well, if, if you have, let us know. I want to
2: hear about it today <laughs> on the show. You're right, you are. It's inevitable, isn't it, that this is going to happen. But they're part and parcel
4: yeah.
2: of, of the formation of, of us and, of w- a, and, and what yeah. we are. Yeah. Now, the opposite, you know, people apply for jobs. Let's take it into the working environment yeah. where you work as well with people. And, uh, you know, you come in, you apply you, you, you for a job and you want this job and you get into this job and it's a it's step up for you and there's more involved and more is expected of you. Are there instances where somebody just isn't suited to moving up and on or into something?
6: That's Yeah, that's a really great question, actually. and And maybe there is, but you have to come back to, like, why did the... Why did the company give them that opportunity as well? And is it just them doubting themselves versus them genuinely not having the experience to do what they've been asked to do? So I suppose it's finding out what is the root cause of them not performing. So I've been in situations before where I knew I was capable of doing the job, but I was getting feedback from the company. You know, you need to step step things up. And, you know, that really knocked my confidence a lot because... I always like to give my best, I, I kind of set really high standards for myself, um, I always strive for excellence, so it, it knocked my own confidence and that almost ended up in a spiral then of, you know, a self-fulfilling prophecy, they don't believe in me so, you know, I'm going to let them not continue to not believe in me.
2: So did that um, drive you on to, to prove them wrong then?
6: Uh, in a way, yeah. Like, oh, but I wasn't really clear at that time what it was that I was doing wrong.
2: Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that—that's a communication thing,
6: I think. So, and
2: the understanding between you and the employer, yeah, or whoever you're working for.
6: Yeah, definitely. So
2: the, if blurred lines. There doesn't help either. No, no,
6: no, no.
2: So that's important to to, to keep that in mind. Um. There's then the delusional? you know, you talk about, I'm I'm sure you've come across this, like, you have to say that some people are absolutely (laughs) deluded. Yes?
6: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that.
2: Are you better just, you know, addressing that head on with somebody? You know, if I have an employer, for example, today, or somebody, or you give a role to somebody, and it's patently obvious they're out of their debt, are you better cutting loose quick?
6: I think you need to have that conversation. Definitely. Yeah. So I suppose... I mean if someone was hired and they made promises that they're not delivering on, you do definitely need to have that conversation and that's that's better sooner rather than later. Uh normally people are hired on a probationary period, so if they're not, you know, if they're not up to scratch, then you can have that conversation kind of within a few months
2: come back to the signs because this is something that I'm anxious for you to talk about yeah. so that people understand what are the signs that uh, I'm feeling like I'm an imposter how will I be feeling what are the pointers
6: yeah so you're really feeling like you're a fraud That that's the it, it's deep down you're like someone is going to find me out someone is going to knock on my door someone's going to tap me on the shoulder and they're gonna call that out. So that's really how you're feeling. The kind of ways it might show up in terms of doing would be around, like I mentioned earlier, like procrastination. You're you want to launch a program, you want to you want to deliver a presentation, but you keep putting it off and you're putting it off. So your message is not getting out there. And the same with perfectionism, you're like, this isn't right it's not ready yet, you know, I can't I can't uh, I can't share it with anyone because it's not absolutely perfect like that's another way because especially people who are high achievers and who strive for excellence you know similar to myself you're kind of afraid to put it out there because once it's out there it's being judged It's, it's it's out there for anyone else to have an opinion on and and to judge you and and that's pretty harsh.
2: Management's a very important thing in a business. Yeah. Management hire and fire. Yeah. They dictate policy. They direct the business. They're responsible ultimately and they're responsible for making it viable as as well. Yeah. Does a lot of you know, uh emphasis fall on on people filling those positions and are they up to speed to understand this or is it important that they understand this feeling that people may have?
6: It's definitely really important for leaders to understand that People do feel like this and leaders themselves feel this. I had a a great conversation with someone last week and she had just been put into a a new and quite senior position and she said that she was feeling that way as well. She had support from mentors within the business, which was fantastic, a fantastic opportunity. But it is important for leaders to recognise that other people within the business could be feeling this. So you don't have to be really senior in a business. You could be relatively junior. You could be an executive um, and still feeling like this. And it's really important just to to kind of recognise that it exists and know how to deal with it. And often people are ashamed that they feel that way and they don't talk to anyone else about it. So it's, for me, it's about getting it out on the table and saying this, this is something that happens in the work and instilling that confidence in your people so providing feedback constructive feedback and you know telling people what they're doing really really well so that they feel that they deserve to be where they are.
2: So it is important for the leaders the managers the business owners and that to act in that fashion that you just mentioned yeah. there to facilitate and help people who may have, you know, the feelings we're talking about today. Empowerment is a big word and that's what you are an empowerment coach. You only know, work in a job and you feel disenfranchised, never mind empowered, how do you make that leap from there to where you'd like people to be? It's a big chasm, isn't
6: it? It could be, yeah. I mean, to me, it's... The first is, is the decision to do it. So knowing that you have a choice and taking responsibility. So... Each individual has a responsibility to manage their own career. So whether that's, you know, I like to call people the CEO of their own careers and taking responsibility then for any actions that they decide to make. So first, it's understanding, well, where do you want to be,
0: you know? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. plushcare.com slash weight loss.
6: What is it that really lights you up? And that's what I'm all about is helping people to be more fulfilled at work. So I'm a real problem solver. I love gathering knowledge and I love solving problems. That's what I do. So if I'm not doing that in in my role, I don't feel fulfilled. So... For people to understand what is it that really, really lights them up, what is it they want to do? So many people are disengaged at work. They're not really doing what it is that they want to do, but they don't know what to do about it. It starts with a conversation with your boss, like what else can you, you know, what else can you take on? What What is it that you really, really want to do and what opportunities are available in the company that you're working in now? If there's none available, you know, is, it, is there potential to move Leave. Yeah,
2: that's but what you say there is disenchanted, disengaged. Yeah. There are so many people. It's not the way to be, is it, in your job? No. It's no, shocking, really. No,
6: no. Someone someone said to me a few months ago, and I thought this was absolutely fantastic, like, you know, back in the olden days, let's say, people would go to mass on Sundays and they really had something to believe in. And that was what brought everyone together. You had that sense of community and that sense of meaning. Nowadays, not as many people will would, would have that sense of meaning, And they're looking for that sense of meaning elsewhere and that's coming from their jobs. So that's why more and more people are looking for this sense of meaning and fulfilment from their jobs rather than, you know, elsewhere.
2: So no matter what job you're in, you're saying to me today that there, and you mentioned a moment ago, but there is potential to be more empowered, to make it more interesting, to engage better, no matter what you're doing.
6: I think so, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Isn't that an
2: interesting yeah. aspect to look at for people as they listen to it? And of course, then, if there's not, <laughs> there's the...
6: <laughs> there's the alternative. There's the alter- the- yeah, but to
2: look know. elsewhere where as well. I take it that, you know, when you work across companies and that, some do it much better than others.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I work primarily with companies who, who value their people. You know, someone who doesn't value the people is not going to hire me. So I don't necessarily get to see that other side of it. But I do hear anecdotally stories about people, who you know, it's like well, that person will just be replaced. It's fine. If they leave, we'll just replace them. And they don't see the value of the experience that the individual brings or the knowledge that they'll kind of take with them if, if they go. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah.
2: The, uh, back to uh, imposter. So the message you want to leave us with today is what? So if somebody's feeling the feelings we've been talking about.
6: Yeah, it's going back to the ABC, I think. So acknowledge it for what it is, believe in yourself and call to action. So take, take the next step.
2: And Aoife, how do people find out about you and more about you and what you do?
6: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, They can get in touch with me. My website is empowermentcoaching.ie. I'm on Facebook under empowermentcoaching.ie and Instagram under empowermentcoaching.ie. I'm on Twitter as well, empowerment underscore IE. I have a YouTube channel. They'll find that on Aoife OB1. And... Um, that's that's about it. Oh, my it, God, there's
2: no shortage of, of, <laughs> of avenues to get in touch with you. Thank you for joining me today. And I hope our conversation has rung a bell with some people and, you know, pointed them in the direction of, you know, feeling, you know, I'm up for this. I can do it. I'm Absolutely. not an imposter. Eva O'Brien, thank you for joining me on Late Lunch. Thanks so thank much, you. Sherry. Jerry, I didn't hear anything about shyness or timidity. Maybe it's a pity this condition doesn't affect one hundred percent of people, and then it would eliminate that thirty percent who are probably who are probably largely aggressive and arrogant, says a listener this afternoon. Interesting point you make there. Um you know, imposter syndrome we were talking about just a few moments ago there with Eva O'Brien. Louise, do you know what I noticed the last few days? wasps. There's lots of them about. Everywhere. Have you noticed?
3: I only noticed the other day. I went to the bottle bank and I literally put bottles in and about a hundred of them just came out at me. <laughs> ah, Louise! And I ran for my life. Louise,
2: <laughs> put your thumb up there and lick it. Let's lick thumbs. Did you ever hear that? <laughs> Did you ever hear licking thumbs? No, what
3: does that Did you ever mean? hear that saying? Does that keep Let's lick away? thumbs. <laughs> no,
2: it's when you say something that I'm about to say. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're alright. I'm delighted you said it because that's exactly it. I went to the recycle bins and uh, to the bottle and tins of course they went through the plastic we won't get into that at this stage (laughs) but tins and uh, bottles of all shapes and sizes and colours how I wasn't stung, Louise. You were the same way. They? Yeah. they were flying in and out and at me. They hit me. You know, they're picking up whatever off the cans and bottles and there that. There was at no this time. sign
3: of them around the bins. It was just when I put them in, they yes, just flew inside, out.
2: They come out. You yeah. see, they're in and when you Doesn't fire something in, you upset them and they're travelling in and out. So, you know, you're running the gauntlet today. You know, we all want to recycle, reuse but you run the gauntlet at this time of the year with the wasps oh, when man. there's a big autumn of them. And it seems to be that there's a lot more of them, you know, this year than perhaps at the real dry summer last year, whatever it is. And
3: Jerry, now, touch wood, I haven't got stung by a mm. wasp in years. Do they still have that blue stuff that you put on if you do get stung or do what do they use on, on wasps? Hold it.
2: There? Hold it. I'm going to say three letters here. And I'm sure this is going to ring a bell with people. T-C-P. <laughs> That's still around. <laughs> Is it around? I was in a shop I won't name where recently and somebody was carrying a little carton of them to put them on the shelf and (laughs) dropped the whole lot (laughs) in the shop. I walked in the door and turned on my heel and walked out (laughs) because it brought back horrendous (gasps) memories when I lived
4: (laughs) with my mother. Oh Jesus,
2: my mother. TCP, get the TCP. (laughs) Anything that went wrong, get the TCP, get the TCP on it. Yeah, it was everything was done with TCP and the smell of it. It's ferocious. I
3: remember the smell. I don't remember it being.
2: Oh, used. we used it for for everything. <laughs> we used to run when we had, oh, geez, we used What was the blue stuff you were talking I about? It
3: was like a little parcel and it was blue and you rubbed it on the sting. I don't know what, I haven't seen it in years. Anybody
2: know anything about a blue parcel and a sting? Is it
3: iodine? Would that I be right in saying that? It, Is I iodine know?
2: not a red colour? I don't rusty know. colour. This was
3: definitely a deep blue because I can see that. I can only.
2: See it. What's Louise talking about? I think she's talking about Prince, <laughs> uh, about that stuff that you tack things up on the wall with. What do no, you call blue that? Blue tack. Blue tack. No, no not you're not talking silly. about blue. No.
3: What colour was it? It was. It was like a deep purpley navy what's
2: that deep purpley stuff that you put on this thing it's like you just held on it help us please on late lunch 086 1800 658 whatsapp or texas ring bridge <laughs> ring bridge and tell it. her just give her the word tell her the word <laughs> we're looking for Eighteen fifty seven one five nine five eight. a gobble leaf a gobble leaf is very good for a sting a gobble leaf did you ever what? hear that a no. gobble leaf it's a green leaf it's the leaf of I can't think of what the leaf it is but it's a big green leaf you see out in the country and if you got a sting a dock leaf no I don't okay. think it's a docker Dock leaf. Maybe it is off a of dock. Anyway, we used to call them gobble leaves. Oh, we lost the run of ourselves now mm. altogether. we have gone down memory lane an awful long way here from bottle bins and wasps. Anyway, next up on Late Lunch, we're looking forward to meeting her. We met Miss Lowth a few weeks ago. It's time to balance the books on LMFM because she's the new Miss Meath and she's with me on Late Lunch next. A few weeks back, we met Chelsea Farrell. She's the Miss Loud heading to the Miss Ireland contest in the Helix on the 14th of September. And today it's the turn of the Royal County. Yes, Anya O'Connor from Kiltail in County Meath is Miss Meath 2019. And she's with me on Late Launch today. Anya, you're very welcome to the show.
9: Thank you very
2: much. Thanks very much for joining me. And congratulations to you again on being chosen. Through a series of interviews, that's the way it yeah. was done this year, yeah? Yeah,
9: it was different because me didn't have as much hype as the other counties, so we did call interviews for it. And I did the call and I, about four or five days later, I was asked to be Miss Meade. To be, just as simple as that. Yeah.
2: So you were impressed and I know there was a lot of girls on calls there, so you come out on top, you have the title and you're wearing the beautiful sash today. <laughs> um, why, did you, why did you want to do this?
9: I really, like I followed the competition for years on Instagram and social media and I just thought it'd be such a good experience to get out of my comfort zone and try something new like it looks like it looked like an amazing experience so and like it is now I love it I love it so much.
2: Now we have images in our minds of years ago where was the swimsuit catwalk and that was what it was all about but this has changed so much now because you have to become involved in a campaign explain that to me.
9: It's the competition is about beauty with purpose so it's not just a beauty pageant it's what all comes with it so it's personality it's charity events it's just what you put into it so it's beauty with purpose so this year during my campaign I've done a charity event for Variety Ireland and um, I did a clothes swap for them and sale in the Dunshocking Community Centre and um, it was a great success. We um, we raised about two thousand, over two thousand for var- Variety Ireland. Well,
2: don't you? So yeah. the Variety Ireland other and and Chelsea was telling us she has to do the same for them yeah, as well. Yeah. So we
9: all have to do everybody. It for just them, and then you can pick your own. Yes, variety.
2: as well. Besides yeah. that, so what you did, but this this was uh, with a twist. What you did is a little different. Explain.
9: Yeah, it's because I'm interested in sustainable fashion, so I love like upstyling clothes, altering my clothes, like keeping your wardrobe up to date without having to actually go out and buying the clothes. So my idea came from wanting people to be interested in this. So we put together a clothes swap and sale from local retailers from all over Dunshockland, Stores donated. We put a load of clothes together and we decided to do a swap and a sale. So people could bring in clothes and they'd get tokens for their clothes. So they get discounts on the clothes if they donated. And um, it was a great success. People brought in some amazing pieces. What I'm wearing right now is actually a piece that was donated, but you can't see on radio. Obviously, well, well, I yeah. can see,
2: and I, I, yeah. it's stunning looking. So you picked this up there? Did you? Yes, Somebody brought this in?
9: Yes, and I, like I loved it. So I just said, "Yeah, I'll definitely get that." And like it's just all about people making little choices to be more sustainable and economic
2: yeah and you know with clothing we do know there's so much made in the world and that is questioned where it's made and you know uh, how little is paid for and also the the way we throw away as a society you know and and we hoard and we buy too much
9: they've all would have been gone to landfill there you
2: go So instead of that, you brought them in and raised over two thousand for Variety Island. Yeah, people
9: were amazing. I was so good to see everyone helping and supporting, and all the people that helped me out was so good.
2: And it introduces this to other people as well. You know what I mean? That they can see, hey, hold on a minute here. There's fantastic stuff here.
9: Exactly. People came in and saw that we had brand new stuff, like it was beautiful stuff that was donated. And they all picked up some gorgeous pieces, and they're really happy going away.
2: Mm. So a lot of people involved in your locality, including you, do mention Dunn Stores because uh, they helped you greatly, didn't they? Yes, yes. they did.
9: Yeah, they did.
2: And uh, you have a little connection there.
9: Yes, my <laughs> mom works in head office. Yeah. <laughs> she
2: does. She's a buyer for them. We say hello to her today. What's her name? Mary Rafter. Ah, we'd say hello to Mary yeah. th- this afternoon. No, you're following in your mum's footsteps. Your hope with your career. I yes,
9: hope, yes. I would love to be a fashion buyer and hopefully one day maybe own my own fashion store and hopefully go in the direction of being more sustainable.
2: Great. You studied at Dunshockland Community College. They put a lovely piece up about, you, you know, Dunshockland News when yeah. you, you were given the title. I saw that there. And where are you studying at the moment?
9: I'm studying in... D-I-T well now it's T-U-D on Angel Street they That's changed their right. name yeah.
2: Technical University Dublin is yes. that what it's called T-U-D yes. TUD so tud. it's university now TUD, tud.
9: yeah well, you're not allowed to say TUD yeah. so <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> there'll be loads of people TUDing into the world of business in, in the years to come what year are you in there?
9: I'm going into my second year
2: very good and and do you feel that you, you are where you're happiest now is this where, you, where you're, yeah. you're going in the right direction exactly
9: I love being in a course that i know where it's going like i'm i'm on the road to being a fashion buyer
2: isn't that just great yeah. and how many years will, will that take study wise
9: four years okay yeah
2: and then uh, off you go after that now come back to this miss ireland competition the irish uh, final or the miss ireland final itself is the 14th of september in the wonderful helix yeah. what's involved that night what do you have to do
9: Um, Well, it'll be like an interview on stage. So obviously it'll be asking about all our campaign, how it went. Mm. We have to model dresses. So we have the beauty side of it, the glamour side, which everyone loves. Okay, as well,
2: yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so both combined. And you mentioned another charity there. Have you decided yet uh, who you're going to partner with there?
9: Um, well, it's up in the air, but I think we're going to go with Down Syndrome Ireland.
2: Oh, fantastic. Yeah,
9: because it's close to our hearts.
2: What a wonderful charity that yeah. is as well. So that's that's to come, and you have plenty of time to get that up and running before Yeah, we're going to do few,
9: another event soon, hopefully.
2: To raise the money for them for as well. For them, yeah. Mm-hmm. So this campaign and events and support and all you do... I know. I know this. This is a big part of the decision. At the end of the day, isn't it?
9: Yes, it is. But they just, they said it's not about raising money. It's not about how much you raise. It's just about the awareness. Correct. That you raise and the idea that it comes from.
2: Yes, exactly. And and what the whole thought process is behind it. So, how is everyone feeling at home and family, extended family, and friends that you now have this? Oh,
9: they're so happy. Like my mom and dad are so proud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah they're sure. So they happy. should be. Uh, yeah, as as they've well. They've all pushed me to do it. Like my boyfriend Jack, he's pushed me as well. My mom, she's over the moon. But I actually didn't tell my mom that I was going for it until I got it, and she was like, "Oh my god!" She was so surprised.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Would she have had anything to say? Do you think? Had she known? Was that why you didn't? Or did you want a surprise? I, huh?
9: I just like to be honest. I just entered blindly, like. I didn't expect anything from it at all. I mm. just entered in January. I applied online. I told my boyfriend, Jack, that was it. I applied online and then in about May, I started hearing back from it and then I'm here now. I yeah, got it. Here <laughs> you are. The rest yeah. is history.
2: You're chosen at this stage. I did mention Chelsea Farrell and you have been in touch with Chelsea. I who's have. the yes. loathe uh, representative yes. of Miss Ireland yeah. this year.
9: I've met her at a few of the events that lovely, we've had. Lovely, yeah.
2: lovely. So we have two great women, heading (laughs) for young women to the Miss Ireland on the 14th of September in the Helix. Wouldn't it be great if we had a North
9: East Oh my God, it'd be amazing. Yeah,
2: but the competition, there's lots of great girls from all the other counties in Ireland as well uh, vying for this. You do know that the morleys who are synonymous with miss world um, have brought the contest you know the miss world contest mm-hmm. is in london this yeah, year yeah it's
9: london this year last year was in china and this year it's london wow i know
2: have you let your mind race ahead oh, even so, to think yes, about that I actually have, have you have you have you been thinking <laughs> but it's, can it's you so imagine yourself there yeah
9: yeah i can it's so overwhelming but it would be just oh it would be so amazing to be an ambassador for ireland
2: mm And it does open up like even this, you know, when you when you partake in this and you go to the to the Irish heat of this, you know, Mm -hmm. that opens doors. You know, it gives you experience. Yeah.
9: It stands with you for life as well. It's like it gives you Interview skills h- helps you s- help steam your confidence. Everything is stand mm. to you forever. Even Miss Meath will.
2: Yeah, so Meath Ireland next Miss World in London, and then the Universe competition is. I think the the one beyond that is is that linked into the Miss World? No, no. Miss
9: World is separate to Miss That's Universe. Di- different. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. Um, what about you? You went to school and done chocolate. I mentioned the community college there. You're in Angel Street in Tud at the minute. <laughs> They'll kill me for saying that, to but Tod. <laughs> <laughs> What about what about you? What else about you? What else interests you in in your um, life?
9: Fashion is a big interest of mine. Um, I play camogie also for Kiltale. Do you? Yeah, I do. Um, yeah. And, and what
2: are the girls like with the sticks? Would they give you a, a, as much a scalp as the boys would?
9: Oh, yeah, but it doesn't bother me. <laughs> You're tough. Yeah. You're tough.
2: You have to be to play the game. Yeah, but it hasn't, I was just saying, you know, when you t- talk about. Uh, I think about GAA, women's football, camogie, Mm -hmm. look at the soccer as well with the ladies as well. Women in sport is really on the rise. Do do you feel that as a young woman? Oh,
9: definitely, yeah. Do you ever see the Nike advert? It's amazing. It's so good. It makes you feel so empowered as a woman.
2: (laughs) It does. And, you know, as it should be. And that progress, I, I, I hope, will continue in the months and years ahead. So watch this space. In a few years, Anya O'Connor will be running her own show somewhere and uh, killing you out in the latest in, in fashion as well. Do you follow the trends? Just, uh, just before we finish, I want to ask you this. Where do you follow the fashion trends? Is it, you know, years ago you had the magazines or whatever you followed. Is it where online? Where, where are you watching?
9: It's Instagram mostly. Fast completely. fashion is completely Instagram. Like fast fashion is just, it's on stores in two minutes like misguided anywhere. It's on stories, two minutes. If you see it on Instagram, it's going to be online. It's going to be.
2: And you watch that and your ilk as well all watch there intently. Yes.
9: yes. So
2: something can be as instant as that up there and people love it and away it goes and...
9: Yeah, fast fashion. It's just like that. Yeah, Like that. Just like that. Amazing,
2: isn't it? Thank you for dropping in to me on the show today 14th of September in the Helix. I wish you well on your connor. Good luck to you. I hope you bring home the bacon as they say on that particular night, but I know you're doing a great job for RTÉ Ireland and you will name your chosen charity shortly as well. Yeah. And this is a great idea that you have come up with on the fashion sense as well. And again, that's a mighty garment. You got for <laughs> yourself you. at the last event. <laughs> Anya O'Connor, Miss Mead, 2019, good luck and Miss Ireland. Thank you for joining me on the Thank show. Thank
9: you very much, Jerry. Thank you.
2: Yes, we've teamed up with Coors Light all this week who want to reward life's big and small victories through their new awards, the Rockies. And you are sharing your stories with us. And if you share with us, you could win cash, a Coors Light goodie bag and a visit from the LMFM street team. And also, the big night is coming 29th of August at the Rum House Ridleys in Dundalk for a fantastic night of music, comedy and prizes at our exclusive Rockies victory party it's a night I promise you not to be missed. We have a story for you. We have a man on the line. He's in Dundalgan, Dundalk. Darren O'Donakata. Good afternoon. Hi, Jerry, how you doing? I'm doing very well indeed. You have a mighty victory, a big win in your life to tell us about this afternoon. Go on, you're on.
7: Yes, I suppose for the first time in twenty years I finally got to the wife to admit she was wrong. <laughs> A huge, huge, huge achievement. Uh, we were always there. Uh, we were always full kinda when he first came out we were fans of Conor McGregor. But then I kinda eventually kinda went off him a little bit. But uh the wife kinda always insisted, No, no, he was a great example, he was a great role model for kids and any time he came on the T V we kinda had the same kinda argument. I was saying no he wasn't and then she was saying yes he was and then lately then other things kinda happened, things uh, Office and uh, she finally, finally, after a bit of persuasion, that admitted that she was wrong about him. It was a uh, it was a glorious moment. <laughs> glorious moment. It's just a pity I didn't get it on video camera.
2: <laughs> What's your wife's name, Darren?
7: It's uh, Winnie.
2: Oh my God! You didn't get it on video camera. You're I telling the, the
7: world it. today. I know. It's a pity if I had it got on video camera, I would have cherished it forever. <laughs> First <laughs> she ever admitted she was wrong. Is
2: this the biggest win, the biggest victory in your the life? Biggest victory of my life, yeah. <laughs> yeah, boy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you mean to say for twenty years she was always right? No, she was no. She'd never admit she was wrong.
7: (laughs) She actually admitted she was wrong. That was uh, definitely kind of speechless.
2: Darren, I think you're talking about, or talking on behalf of a lot of the the males in the Northeast and beyond listening to. Victory for all men. (laughs) Yes, a victory for all men is right. And she did actually say, you know what, Darren? I think you were right. Oh my God. I I was wrong. I was wrong. Well, well, yeah, Winnie, know. fair juice to you. I, I, I have great admiration for you as well. Well, you know what? Uh, it, it, it rings such a bell. It has such, such resonance about it. I hear you with the, the giggle there. I, I, I don't, I don't want to contemplate what will happen when this phone call is over. But that's for another day, for another time. Yeah. Let me tell you something. We love your story, and thanks for telling it on Late Lunch today. Coors Light. You know they're having this big party, a victory party in the Rum House in Ridley's on the 29th of August. You're going along and you can bring Winnie Witch as well. We want her there also. Okay, you're going to that. We have a Coors Light goodie bag for you. And Darren, this afternoon, let me tell you, you've just won 200 euro in cash. Brilliant. Ah, it's all yours and well-deserved. Right. A big win. A big win. Brilliant. Big win,
7: yeah. Big win for the
2: lads. <laughs> Absolutely. Darren, thank you for joining me on the show. Really appreciate no it. Problem. Take thanks care of yourself. You. Bye-bye. 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 Bye. Bye-bye. Remember, folks, life has enough challenges. It's full of them. So celebrate all the victories with Coors Light on the Rockies. Tell us your stories. We want to hear them. You heard Darren there this afternoon. He's just won 200 euro cash, thanks to Coors Light. And remember, it's a competition for over eighteen zones. Enjoy Coors Light responsibly. And do always check out drinkaware.ie. 200 euro cash coming again tomorrow. And more besides, have you that big win story? That victory in your life? We want to hear from you, Louise. We love that one. We love Darren's we story. That Ah, oh, We love it. We love it. I, maybe I shouldn't be saying that either. But, we could be in a bit of bother us yeah. men folk as well. As uh, She just felt sorry for him. Are women always right?
3: Even when they're wrong.
2: Ah, <laughs> you said it you said it louise yes absolutely (laughs) i love it i love it i love it anyway if you have a story a big or little win you know what we're talking about you heard darren there now uh 086 1800 658 by whatsapp or text get in touch with us now come on let's have your stories
3: jerry just want to quickly say about a win yeah congratulations to kate dwyer from dunboyne Who is just a breaking news story at the minute. She's um, part of the first ever Irish dressage team to have qualified for an Olympics. They're on their way to Tokyo 2020.
2: Ah, congratulations, Kate, and the team. That is a big, big achievement. They've missed out for a few years, but they're going to the Olympics. Louise, we have it. The blue stuff, or the purple stuff, it's called Blue Bag. Do you remember it now?
3: Yeah, well, I remember it was in the shape of a tiny little blue Thanks, bag.
2: Thanks, Vera. Yeah, blue bag is what it's called. Uh, the reason it smells awful because TCP stands for... I can't read that out this <laughs> afternoon, but you did make us laugh, I have to say. <laughs> uh, for somebody as domesticated as yourself, I can't believe you never heard of blue bag, which was used for whitening curtains and sheets as well. That's <laughs> why I
3: can't get a tan. i bleached my skin white.
2: They're all coming in there, blue bags of somebody else, Louise. That's what you're mm-hmm. talking about. You've yeah. never to white seen and it clothes. in years. There you I go. I don't know whether it's still I, there. I think it's off the market. As somebody as domesticated as myself, there mm-hmm. you go. I'm going to ponder that remark for a little while as we head towards news and sport at three o'clock. You're dead right. I run the show. <laughs> Women may be right, but I run the show. <laughs> <laughs> Late lunch this Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> this is the right song, isn't it? I feel it coming when I go home this evening. <laughs> You've set the airwaves mad, the telephone lines mad, the text mad Louise watched this afternoon. That's something
3: I said? Yes, it
2: is. <laughs> it is something you said. That little blue chalky bag you were talking about and what it was yeah. for, for the sting.
3: The blue bag.
2: Bridge is answer know, the yeah. non-stop since you mentioned it out there we, we have wait. it here on the text messages as well Thanks, but everyone. you know what else has come up here's another one that's come up gentian violet
3: is that the same or what's that
2: no it's a different thing altogether no hold on leave your little blue bag aside for a moment gentian violet is uh, another uh, remedy or treatment a real old one going back to the 19th century but it's it's back in fashion I believe again Gentian violet or crystal violet as as it's known is antibacterial, antifungal and antiseptic and it says it's very good for cuts or minor scrapes now it doesn't mention stings funny enough athlete's foot or ringworm I hope oh. I haven't spoiled your coffee this afternoon. But that's what it's for. That's what they say it's for. And Peter Not was on sheets. from Dundalk to tell us uh, mm. uh, about this. Thanks indeed, Peter, for your message. Seamus rang in as well. Mary, you know, there's been so many people on about this one. So gentian violet, there you are, is uh, the other remedy. And, and people must have used it for stings as well because they're telling us about it and you were talking about your sting. It was a, um, a rusty colour. You know that colour? you know nice. rusty ready okay. colour I think and you put it on but one of those things from yesteryear as well that appears for my little bit of research in the last few minutes to be back in fashion mm. we find that we have Cathy Markham and shortly she knows everything when it comes to where you can get anything yeah. like that and we'll ask her I promise you don't forget we've teamed up Occurs Curse Light this week to reward life's big and small victories through their new awards the Rockies thanks so much you're sharing your stories with us by the new time now really do appreciate it 200 euro in cash to be one with me tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. Each day, Coors Light goodies, a visit from the LMFM street team and you're going to the big party at the Rum House Ridleys on the 29th of August, the exclusive Rockies victory party. It's a night not to be missed. And remember, life has enough challenges. Celebrate all the victories with Coors Light and the Rockies. Remember, it's over 18s. Enjoy Coors Light responsibly. And uh, check out uh, all the details about alcohol consumption on drinkaware.ie. Back to school time shortly? I oh, hate saying this every year, but they start to trickle back to schools late next week and into the following week as well. Where does the summer go? Where has it gone? Yes, there is a change for many people, a change in children going to school, moving classes, changing schools, and there's a stress involved with that as well. Up next on Late Lunch, to help us along, Dr Marley Coyne. With schools returning for the new year next week and into the following week, many children and by extension parents are stressing. However, there are means and ways of coping with one of those significant times of transition, says my next guest, Dr. Mally Coyne, a psychologist who's recently written a very interesting article about back to school. Dr. Coyne, thank you for joining me on the show. Thank you so much, Jerry. How are you? I'm very well. Well, how are the parents? How are the children? Is this just an inevitable part of change and turnover in life?
8: I suppose it is, you know, when your child is going back to school or starting school, I think any transition can be difficult for children and for parents. The slant I was taking in the Irish Independent article I wrote was all about how um, sometimes parents can transmit their worries onto their children and that it's important for a parent to ask themselves, is this worry about me or is it about my child?
2: Are many of the worries, without playing it down, unfounded? By the child or by the parent? Or by the child, <laughs> you mean? Well, 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 let's start with the parents because yeah. you you talk about that uh, synergy between both, you know?
8: Yeah. No, I mean, I think you know, people are a lot more anxious generally nowadays. I mean, that's why I'm, I've am written a book about it, which hasn't come out yet, but I think there's there's high anxiety in our society, be if you're uh, from children up, up to adults. I think it's, it, you know, there's more anxiety now or more recognition of it than there was before. Um, but I suppose whether it's founded or not, you kind of have to deal with the, what's in front of you. And if your child is worried about something that, you know, that might be coming up when they go back to school, then it's important to to take them seriously without kind of um, trying to transmit your own worries onto them. And sometimes kids might have had issues before they finish school but that's not to say they'll have those issues again so parents shouldn't hopefully you know transfer their own anxieties and worries about that onto their child and be really kind of stressed and even saying and how do you feel about going back to school next week you know um that they would be you know asking in a more kind of carefree type of way
2: Yes, and every year is a new year, and if there were issues last year, it's not necessarily going to follow that it will be the same this year. And it's important to let them know and tell them that. Do I take it because I read your article and it really is thought-provoking and interesting and so helpful, may I say. What I took from it was, you said it there a moment ago, listen to them, uh, prepare them well. It's about communication, transfer of information, talking, talking, you know, all that type of area.
8: Exactly. So, I mean, if you want to know how how your child feels about starting back at school, you can ask them, and you can ask them in a real, kind of relaxed way. And if they and to get a sense of what they're what they're feeling about it, and if they do share a worry with you, try listen to their feelings and try to validate it for them. Sometimes parents can feel really uncomfortable when a worry is communicated to them. And that might be something to do with an old childhood wound where, where they may have, their worry may not have been validated when they were younger. So they feel uncomfortable with the worry of their child. And that'll make them either do one of two things. One is they might get very worried and anxious themselves and start getting very kind of, um, you know, kind of, you know, nervous about it and transmit their worry maybe onto their child and they'll show that through their actions and reactions. Another thing they might do is try to kind of gloss over it and say, Asher, you'll be fine. Oh, you need to grow thick skin. You'll be grand. And that's a way of, say, you know, of kind of, you know, trying to kind of say to your child, uh, you know, trying to make yourself feel better. But actually, the best thing to do is to try to respond and to listen warmly and empathetically and try to unpackage the worry. So what part are you most worried about? You know, kids might say, everything is a worry and it's terrible. But like, you know, that's a real kind of, you know, a primal response. The the parents, you know, role there is to try to figure out, well, is it this or is it that? And trying to be kind of and try to reason it with them.
2: And you know, change. I mentioned it at the start there is, as you and I know, inevitable and part of life. And nothing stays the same. It's good to 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 let them understand that as well. That they're moving on, things will be different, and this is the way it's going to be through life.
8: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if if you know, this is like a real good kind of um, dress rehearsal for life. So it's trying to find the balance between overprotecting them and saying, you know, I'll, I'll you know, and am trying to kind of almost like preempt everything before it happens and trying to kind of, you know, you don't want to mollycoddle them either, but it's trying to find the balance between that and letting them kind of face their fears, but letting them know that you're going to be there with them to help them along and letting them feel their feelings. So we all try to move on from negative emotions. In, in humans, just do that. You know, it's kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, this is making me feel really uncomfortable. My child telling me they're in distress. I need to move on from it. We need to get rid of it. But actually, they, they're not going to die from having a negative feeling. They're, quite, you know, we all have negative feelings, and one of the best ways to build resilience is to actually stay in the negative feeling because it will go away. We won't, You don't feel bad for more than a few minutes, if you know what I mean, it'll
2: pass. Everything passes, and Everything you only passes. realize that with time. But when you're a child and you're facing this, and I think of you know children going to school, it's a big issue for them. They may be transferring from a, a nursery and a preschool into school. Then you have, of course, the classes within school. Then you have primary to secondary school, and then the big ones beyond that. It is, and and we don't underestimate that what's involved. Here's the thing: they start next week, and they're in those first few days, uh, Doctor Coyne, and, and that period is crucial as well for that engagement and being with them shoulder to shoulder?
8: Absolutely, yeah, and, and asking them what would be most helpful to you. You know, if you have a child who's going into secondary school, you can say to them, how long would you like me to wait? Maybe we'll have a little sign where you show me that it's okay for me to leave. I mean, you can do that with a younger child as well. You know, you're there as their anchor. You're there as their kind of, you know, like... I suppose they'll look to the world, they'll look to you as their kind of, their their reference point about the world. So, you know, having little conversations about what would make it easier for them and supporting them in that.
2: And again, back to the point you make uh, strongly is don't dismiss it, listen, empathise, let them have their say, live in the moment and then tease it out from there.
8: Yeah, absolutely. And that sounds really tough for you. And kind of meet them in the feeling. And then after that, you can say, I wonder what we could do that would make it easier. Or I wonder, could we even think about this in a different way? So, you know, because teenagers can be, for example, if you're talking about teenagers, they can be very black and white. A lot of us can be. It's like, oh, this is all terrible. And I won't be able for it. Okay, hold on a second. Last year, I remember you were really worried about such and such. And then you did it. And how did you feel afterwards? And you managed it. So it's not... Not that it's all black and white there are you know at the moment because you're feeling a bit worried about it it makes everything look black you've got negative spectacles on but actually there might be another way to think about this but you really have to validate them before you get into that problem solving because otherwise it's, it'll kind of it'll they, they won't listen to you mm.
2: and always the school is there as well we want to mention yeah. uh, for support you know if you're if you're really struggling and there's an issue get in there talk to them
8: Absolutely, because they're there. Like build up your alliances in the school with the other with other parents, like-minded parents. Um, You know, there's lots, like I see lots of kids, lots of kids struggle struggle for different reasons in school. um, But just really important not to make your struggle their struggle. Think about how you're kind of feeling in the moment as well. Like if if your child is worried, how are you feeling inside your body? Is this something that's going on for your child or is this something like a buried landmine almost from your own kind of childhood? And then try to, even if you can't, if it's hard for you to, pretend like you're calm because you don't feel calm. I I talk about faking calm, you know, you know, almost like, taking a few deep breaths yourself before you respond
2: absolutely i look forward to your book coming in the spring of next year i'm sure we'll talk at that stage thank you so much dr malik for joining me today appreciate it bye 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 -bye. Bye. and you can read that uh, article in full in the independent this afternoon i'm delighted for you lisa lisa collier in touch thank you so much to lmfm and signature furniture for the lovely bed which i won a couple of weeks ago received it at the weekend I say she texts me from the bed there. It's that comfortable. Anyway, Lisa, thanks indeed for that lovely follow-up message. Anyway, Louise, we're going out with a sting on late lunch this afternoon. But remember... Had to be appropriate. Oh, it just had to be appropriate, hadn't it? Remember Blue Bag, gentian Violet or the old TCP if you get the dart. They're great. They're still great all these years later. And anyway, you can
3: find them. Well, apart <laughs> from the vinegar.
2: <laughs> well, vinegar's another one as well. We'll get back to that another day. Thank you for joining us on the show today. Don't forget, Cur's Light, 200 euro cash to be won tomorrow. And more besides on the show, get your stories to us. 086 658 by WhatsApp or text. But we leave you today. Yes, the sting and the tail of late lunch. It's Queen. And killer Queen. B. <laughs>
1: She keeps some away, she's In a pretty cabinet At the like she says Just like Marie Antoinette A
4: building a remedy For Christophe and Kennedy and any time, an invitation You can't take time Caviar
1: cigarettes Well-versed etiquette Extraordinarily nice She's a killer, queen, no. Be even guaranteed to blow your mind. Recommended appetite, insatiable appetite. Wanna try to avoid complications? She never kept the same address in conversation. She spoke just like a The car she couldn't get It's and precise She's a killer Green gunfight A gelatine Dynamite with a laser beam
4: Guaranteed Uh, uh, to blow your mind
1: late lunch with Blackstone Motors. The Renault Captur comes with a 5-star safety rating and is an ideal compact SUV with lots of space for the family. Pick up your 192 Captur at Blackstone Motors this August. See blackstonemotors.ie
7: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer.